pray again. Dear Lord God and Father, we again thank you for your word. We thank you that it is uh, uh, true, uh, that uh, it's been inspired by yourself, and therefore we ask that by your spirit you would make the word live and alive to us and our hearts and our experience. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, just as a, an opening statement, I would say that um, uh, Paul finished that by saying that he wrote this letter in his own hand. It seems to be that there were many teachers that were going around that area uh, that were false teachers or wrong teachers or teaching as uh, many of the Stoics and the philosophers did, teaching for money, going around and speaking and preaching, and that sort of infiltrated into the church. And there were people that were doing this for money, and even false teachers, and there were false letters that were starting to move around the churches. And so Paul said, look, this is from me. You can trust it from me, you can believe it from me, and therefore I have to sign it with my own hand so that you don't get confused about that sort of thing. And I don't want to deal with... Uh, uh, this passage that very often when we read it we feel guilty, am I one of those lazy people sort of thing, you know, and it's really against and, and you might feel the Lord convicting you on that, but I don't want to go o- overboard on that either, uh, but there was uh, 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 wrong behaviour in this church there, but I do want to draw your attention a little bit more uh, uh, to the verse 16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way the Lord be with you. Um, and before thinking about that, also I would just say, as we've been chatting, um, that, 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 that God is moving in the hearts of people more than we can ever imagine or think. And we might come from a country where some people think things are difficult or confusing and um, there's fear about whether it's economic fears or whether it's fears of wars or whether it's fears of other such things. This world has been through those things before and in greater depths and things like that. And yet, uh, uh, I was reading uh, uh, um, from Daniel recently, and both Nebuchadnezzar, well, Nebuchadnezzar really, you remember he went through that trial, that period of trial when he became mad really because he'd come against God and, and then he came to his senses. So that you would know that God is still God and still rules in the affairs of man. That's what Nebuchadnezzar actually said at the end of it. God is still God and he's ruling in the affairs of man. So when you can hear about a hundred million Chinese coming to faith, bigger than the population of England, God is still God and he's ruling in the affairs of man. And when you hear of the Iranian church and the many people that are coming to faith from Iran, and we're seeing a great big movement amongst the, the, the Afghans. And there are strange things happening in Afghanistan. We work with a mission that's got people in that had people in Afghanistan, of course they came out, and now uh, the Taliban are asking them, even though it's a Christian mission, to go back in again. Not to do missionary work, obviously, but because they realise that to get power in a country is one thing, to actually rule the people is a completely different issue, and they just can't do it, and they're calling on NGOs to come back in and help them. And God is still doing things in ways that we can't imagine, and the newspapers are not going to report on it, but we're hearing of people in Saudi Arabia coming to faith, women that are having meetings together and calling missionaries in. I've heard of some people that went out there recently to work and the missionary ladies have been called in to the uh, Saudi Arabian houses. That might be only small, but it is happening. Muslim nations, people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. You know, established, see this, you know, they've got 40 Iranians now meeting in their church. 
Not all of them profess believers, but because there's a building with uranium. Well, they might well not all be believers. They might be there for other reasons. They might be there to get some free food. I mean, they should come here, shouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is that this God is working in ways that we can't imagine, and we should be despondent about it. We should continue praying, because the Lamb is still on the throne. The final word has been written. The cross is still standing in victory over the whole of humanity, and will, and God will keep his bride, the church, Till that day, and it is not, we're not phased by events that take place in the world, but we're looking with faith to see God doing more. So may the Lord of peace himself give you peace. And it's not just a throwaway remark at the end of a letter like I do at the end of my letters, just throw away some sort of remark, you know, just trying to be nice. Uh, uh, Paul didn't waste letters like that, and he tied in with the whole of what he was saying into Thessalonians. He was always a little bit confused as a youngster about this piece. You know, we used to go and do open airs and things like that, and people would question you, and often people would say, ah, oh, I came to faith and I felt this peace in my heart, and I thought, well, I don't feel much of a peace when I came to faith. You know, it didn't really resonate with me and my experience. I was very often, you know, troubled and agitated and maybe anxious or something like that. There wasn't this sort of, this mystic peace didn't sort of flow in me and um, uh, uh, caused me to smile gladly and things like that, you know, it didn't work that way. Maybe it did with you, but it was confusing to me as a young man. And, uh, 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 and it wasn't dealing with, dealing with uh, an existential experience of feelings, it wasn't dealing with uh, this sense of now I know that I'm so happy I can float around all day long, it wasn't like that. But we do know that we are pleased with God through Christ Jesus, we do know that God himself doesn't judge us anymore. Maybe we didn't feel like God was judging us before we had an interest in the gospel. But then we felt like God was a judge of us. And therefore, we know that Christ himself, God himself, if you want to put it like that, punished himself so that we wouldn't need to be punished. And he took away our sins. He used our propitiation. He deflects our sins. He removed the barrier of sin. So we can know him. And he takes the pain of our separation. And therefore we can be mystically united. One with him. Just as the father cannot deny the son. He cannot deny you. You might get a little bit insecure about whether you're saved or not. If you're in Christ. Therefore, he cannot deny you because he cannot deny his son. So therefore, the church in Thessalonia, in Greece, just above Turkey, was a good church. It was good. So oftentimes we think, I wish we, our church was as good as this. I mean, you look at the start of these letters. I mean, if you read the start of the letters, it's really quite exciting. But here, we've just got this start. I'll read out from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, reading from verse 3. We are always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. There is evidence of the righteous judgment. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay the afflictions of those who afflict you and to grant relief to those who are afflicted as well as to us then when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Uh, and it goes on like that. But, but their faith and their love was growing and people were knowing about it and other Christians in that place were knowing about it and other churches in other places were knowing about it and they knew that God had done something from these people that were coming out of 
the culture that was there at that time, the, 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 with the plurality of gods, with uh, uh, much superstition, and with all their philosophies that had taken place, and all the things that they were following, all of a sudden something more central, more concrete, more eternal came in, and it changed them radically, it changed them so that they knew each other, in had fellowship with each other more honestly, their love was based on something more secure, it wasn't false, it wasn't a pretend love, it was a real family that they couldn't see outside in the world, it didn't take place out there. The way in which they started to behave towards each other was completely different, their faith was real, they were radically different, their relationships, their marriages, their honesty, the way in which they did business, the way in which they spoke about Jesus was radical and vital to such an extent that they were persecuted for it. We don't want this. It upsets us. We feel guilty about it. It doesn't hit true with us. Make them be like us. And the church laughed at them. No, we are walking this way and there are many people came to faith in Jesus Christ because of it. So, their encouragement as they went through these persecutions, as they went and lived honestly and honourably for God, there were an encouragement to the other believers that were there, and there were issues, there were false teachers, there were error that was coming in, there were false teachings that were coming in. Uh, uh, we know, in, you, you don't have to read Thessalonians 4 and 5, and, and, and the wrong teaching ultimately resulted in wrong living. There were... Uh, uh, um, Wrong teaching to do with uh, Jesus. Does Jesus come again or not come again? And what's to take place? What's going to happen to the dead? Uh, 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 and things like that. And because of those sorts of things, some were losing heart and some were getting a little bit despondent. There were all sorts of wrong teachings going on. And there were wicked and evil coming about, some from inside the church, some from outside that were on the make and that were playing around with these ideas. And that's why Paul said in... in, in in that passage that we read, um, uh, reading in verse 7, chapter 3, verse 7 to Thessalonians. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you. I'm working with my own hands. I'm not on the game from you. I'm not making things from you. I'm working with my own hands. And uh, 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 he, he deals with the same thing in many of the passages. We're not going to read them. We haven't got time. But Ephesians 5, 1. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Imitate me, even as I imitate Christ. Okay. How do you imitate Christ? Christ is God the Son. How do you imitate him? Well, Paul says, well, I'll, right, well, I'll show you how to do it. I'll follow it. Then you learn from me, how I learn from Christ, and therefore the church's pattern is the same thing. You learn from each other, you learn from your pastors, you learn from your elders, you learn from each other. As you're following Christ, therefore you're influencing other people to follow Christ. So you've got a responsibility and you might think to yourself, well I don't want to follow well, I don't want to walk well with Christ. Well, you're a hindrance then to some extent. You walk well with Christ and therefore you help others to walk well with Christ. That's your responsibility, that's what love says. You know, you love Christ and you love each other and so you walk well with Christ. Or would you rather be influenced by the world? And we have this problem with the Muslims. And, you know, people have come from Islam, they're always influenced by Islam. How do we break that? And it's a real problem for us. And, uh, uh, and, and, and the world gets into the church and the world was trying to get in. It always does try to get in. It's Satan's way. But these believers were not having him. Paul would say, no, we're going to protect you from that. This is not the way that you believe. So there was a chaos in the world. And the physical world mirrors the spiritual. 
and there was a chaos that came about because of man's sinfulness and sin and all things turned upside down and the wrong way out and therefore but God creates he creates order out of chaos he brings laws into being he brings ways of behaving and living and he organises things in the way that they should be organised and in the spiritual life God orders things there are things that need to be ordered and well in our lives and in our hearts and the way in which we're walking with him uh, uh, and, and, and so God calls us back to order from disorder and the cross brings back God's order into the life of believers as they're living in a chaotic world so that the world can see or have a witness to that which God is you are a reflection of Christ you are the bride of Christ if you want to put it that way and so when there's so much confusion, uh, gender issues just being one of those things that seems to be constantly putting itself into the church or around and about us, there's this confusion, and this confusion produces harm in people's lives, it is harmful. But God is a God of order, and there was one young man here that was trying to walk in idleness and disorder. It wasn't the right way of behaving. It wasn't like I'll come to church and therefore everything could be as it, as I want it to be. I can live how I want. And the church says, no, God is not a God of disorder. You can't come in here and start living in a discordant way and bring disorder. You need to live in a way that God teaches you. And that way is an ordered way because it's based on the cross of Jesus Christ. You've been set right. Don't live in a way that would harm yourselves. Uh, uh, um, but 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 just just remember that how they dealt with that brother. It says in verse fifteen, don't regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So you deal with him in love. And so there, there was this believer that they needed to deal with in that way. We struggle with this ourselves in, in, in Cyprus because how do we deal with people that we already mentioned before that are having relationships with non-Christians and this, that and the other and how do we actually help them and how do we help some that are not walking well with the Lord to walk well because some of the believers come to us and say look, that other person there that's professing to believe that baptised is not walking well with the Lord and they're causing us problems because we're trying to le- live well and they're not living well and therefore the testimony is weakened and they're hurting us. I mean, they actually say that. It's a strange thing, but they recognise that if someone is professing to be a believer but not walking well with the Lord, then it is a stain on themselves that want to walk well with the Lord. And so, how do you deal with that? But this piece is a piece that's based on things being ordered. That's not saying that you've got to be organised. I say that because I'm not organised. Everything around me is a mess constantly. It's not saying that you've got to be organised in the way uh, you you think differently. But to be honourable and to be honest and to be growing in faith that brings about or that shows the ordered way of the gospel that's taking place in your life and therefore there's this issue of this shalom this peace, this sense that all is well and it is well all is well when you come to Christ, the peace of God himself when all things are well with you because you are united with him the spirit of the living God is within you So imitate Christ as I imitate 
Christ and be ordered and be at peace. And as a believer, though we know that outwardly things are wasting away, spiritually you're being renewed. A, this, all, this world runs down. Everything runs down. We are running sort of down spiritually, but what Christ did, he turned it all the right way up. So spiritually, you're being renewed. You're being renewed daily. You're being made new. You're being made younger as time goes on. You know, you're, you're, you know outwardly you're looking like you're getting older, you know, but inwardly you're looking like you're getting younger. That's what the church does. Outwardly the world looks like it's getting older. It gets... It gets fed up with itself, it gets despondent, it gets afraid. Inwardly, you see heaven. You see that which is real. And you become, as it were, spiritually younger, day by day. There is practical holiness that we're called to. Practical holiness... And therefore, that brings about with it this peace of God that is not just a feeling, it's a certainty and it's a confidence that you have because you know his presence with you. I'll leave it there. Oh, let's just pray then. There's a last hymn to come on. Yes, yes, right. yes. oh, the next hymn, and I will just pray. Dear Lord God and Father, we thank you. Uh, for the peace that came through the cross, we do thank you that our sin was dealt with at Calvary. We do thank you that through faith in Christ we are united with the God who made us and loved us, and you cannot protect those who are in Christ. We do pray that you would help us uh, to have a great confidence in yourself, a great confidence in the position where we are, a great sense and a knowledge that all things are well and all things are right and all things are working to, good, to the good of those that love you and are called according to your purposes, that we would know with great joy that... Uh, uh, you who loved us are keeping your church and keeping your people and that you are enthroned in the heavens and that you are still ruling in the affairs of man no matter what it looks like externally. We just know that and we thank you for your goodness to us and pray that you would indeed bless us deeply for the glory of your name. Amen. Amen.